the pain point is the frustration that that person, your ideal client, that person deals with on the day-to-day. What are they afraid of? What problems do they come up with every day? You're listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience, a podcast dedicated to helping executives train their sales and marketing teams to optimize growth. Whether you're looking for techniques and strategies or tools and resources, you've come to the right place. Let's accelerate your growth in three, two, one. Welcome everyone to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. I'm your host, Chad Sanderson. Today, we're talking about how to understand your clients better, how to refine your value proposition, and and most importantly, how to increase the number of conversations you're having, things that all people are trying to relearn today, uh, given the current circumstances. To help us, we have with us Adam Springer, founder of Startup Sales, where he works with founders of early stage B2B startups, helping them understand their clients' pains and, and create formulas and processes that can be followed to build a repeatable and predictable sales machine. Having been the first person for three companies, he's taken them from zero to five million in annual recurring revenue. And he is also the host of Startup Sales Podcast. Adam, thank you for taking time and welcome to the show. Chad, thanks. I'm really excited to be here. All right. So we always ask kind of a random question at the beginning, just so everybody gets a sense of you as, as a person. Um, curious to know something you're passionate about that those that only know you through your work might be surprised to learn about. I think that's a tough question to answer. I mean, uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty open book. <laughs> so things that people wouldn't be would that work with me that wouldn't know. That's interesting. You know, besides the, the, my wife, my dog and, and my family, I mean, that's always the, the important, I think, learning. I would have to say learning. And not like educational, like in school learning. Like I love watching YouTube and learning new things and watching other experts in their, their field and learning from them. Excellent. Excellent. I, always feeding your head, always kind of getting new perspectives. Love it. It's an important part, and especially since we've all been in this new virtual work from home world. I mean, I've, I've been working from home for years, but for a lot of people, it's new. That ability to focus on that becomes important. It helps us kind of push the four walls we're trapped within further out, let's say. <laughs> so, I, Absolutely. Don't they also say that that's one of the most important, I know I say it, but it's one of the most important aspects of a good salesperson? Oh, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. If all you're doing is staying in your little forest, right? All, you, all you're going to see are the trees you expect to see. You're not going to be able to get a new perspective. You're not going to be able to incorporate something new. I mean, that's why I'm always surprised. So like so many salespeople don't read on a regular basis or don't engage with like Ted talks. Like I've gotten into the, the masterclass stuff. Have you seen any of that? Have you played with any? Yeah. Of that? You know, I've been, I've been looking at uh, getting a subscription to it because some of it just sounds like really amazing, but it's uh, I unbelievably well done. Like unbelievably really? well done. Yeah. I did. Uh, I just got through and it started honestly from a, another podcast. I mean, I knew it was out there, but like, uh, Dax Shepard had Chris Voss, the former FBI negotiator on his podcast. They were talking about his masterclass in negotiation. And I was like, that sounds amazing. And so signed up for it. And I'm, I got one more lesson, I think, to do. But it's just, it's amazingly well done. So anybody who doesn't like to read but still wants to learn, there's another place you can go check out. TED Talks, things like that. These are all things that allow us to expand our thinking. And if we're not constantly staying ahead of the curve, somebody else is going to take our top spot. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so let's, all right. So let's talk about um, kind of the, the theme of the day. 
you work a lot with startups. And so what challenges are you seeing, you know, and, and maybe sizing the startup because startups can change pretty quick from like the moment they're founded to two people to 10, you know, whatever. But when it comes to uncovering kind of the client's or prospects pain points, what kind of challenges are you seeing startups run into today? I think it, it, this is not just for early stage, this is any kind of company, any B2B company or B2C as well, but more B2B, but it's, they make assumptions. They make assumptions about what their client pain points are and they confuse, it's that and they confuse pain points with marketing terms. <laughs> and, and that's, <laughs> yeah. well, we have best in class service and their pain point is they have horrible service. That's not a pain point. The pain point is the frustration that that person, your ideal client, that person deals with on the day to day. What are they afraid of? What problems do they come up with every day? Is it that some task takes them an hour and a half to do every day and it's really boring and it makes them look bad to their boss or to their colleagues? That's the pain. And the pain isn't the the pain isn't the service or, or something else. The question becomes: I've seen a lot of startups. Uh, I mean, this is I don't want to date myself, but I've been I've watched a <laughs> lot of startups come uh, start up and then disappear. And for a long time, it was all about you know, hey, I have this product, I have this cool thing. I'm sure somebody wants it, so like build it and they will come kind of mentality. And I'm not a hundred percent sure, and would love your perspective. I'm not 100% sure that that's true these days, just building it. I mean, sure, there are unicorns, you know, Slack and, and things like that. But the number of startups that achieve that level of success are far fewer than those that fail. And I'm curious if it's a, is it a mindset, is it a creator's mindset that gets in the way that makes them make those assumptions? Or what are you seeing? You know, I think it's a mistake of any whether founder or salesperson or, or anybody is you get so excited about your product or your service because <laughs> no, and it's true. Cause like, you know how awesome it is and you know how much it could help other people. And you're like, wow, it's so cool. Like who wouldn't love this? But the problem is, is people don't give you enough time and take their time on their own to understand your product or service to understand the value. So you have to be able to portray it. So that whole idea of what you're saying is like, well, if you build it, they will come. It's not true. And back to what I said before, it doesn't matter if you're that founder or a salesperson or anybody. I've fallen victim to it myself. You know, when I first started, you know, helping startups is I also would just like, well, okay, what I have is so valuable. No, everybody's going to want my help. <laughs> and you know, like th this is exactly what I teach other people. And it's like, holy shit, I'm not practicing what I preach here. And you know, that's what happens. So, so I understand that pain. Yeah, it's it's an interesting conundrum, right? Because um, there's a gentleman by the name of Les Trackman. He wrote a book called um, Don't F It Up, Why Founders Often Make Horrible CEOs. He's been on the podcast, been a while, but he's, he's a friend of the podcast. And, uh, you know, we've had conversations where it's like, you know, it, you're almost too close to it at some time. You know, at some point you just, this is what I'm putting my blood, sweat, and tears in to build. So you're so surrounded by it and so focused on it, that it starts to change the lenses through which you're looking at the market or customers or prospects, or even potentially the people that you hire. And so the question becomes, how do you, how do you stay consciously aware of this conundrum or this corner you can paint yourself into and not head down the wrong path? Well, you know, for myself, I look at it kind of like with a sports metaphor. I mean, like, look at all the 
not really a metaphor, but look at all this, the sports athletes, Mike Tyson, you have Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan, all these people get coaches. Now they're the top of their game and they still have coaches. And so it's, it's the same. You gotta, you gotta get help. You gotta get outside help and outside view because you're so deep into the, uh, into your work and into your business. Well, and then there's the mindset, right? Mindset of having to be coachable, right? And, and I love the sports yeah. analogy because, you know, you, you take people that are at the top of their game and you're right. You know, I, I forget this exact story, but Tiger Woods would spend, you know, he's at the top of his game and he's working with his coach and he decides to change his swing. And everybody's like, what? No, why would you do that? Well, because he had found or the coach had pointed out there were some challenges that were keeping him from getting to the next level. And he spends hours and hours and hours working on it. That's a level of willingness to take an outside perspective and then apply it to that work ethic or that passion you have for the product that you created that allows you to be much more flexible in terms of what you're building. Have you seen or worked with people on how they approach that from a mindset or personal comfort standpoint, right? Things that get in the way, cause you're right. Everybody, everybody wants to talk about us. Like we're awesome. We have this awesome product <laughs> and it does this and we're so cool, but those, you know, that doesn't work in a social setting. People don't want to hang yeah. out with those people. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so in a business setting, it's the same way. Are there, are there ways that you help uh, startups, you know, tackle that or make sure they're putting in place checkpoints or systems or things that would keep them from going down that path? Yeah, well, one of the first things that I, I work with on, on with most of my clients is is to actually understand the, the client's pain and to work on the empathy side, so that they really understand the client's perspective and the client's feelings and and where they're at, because to keep them on track. So that yes, that's definitely something that we work on, and that's really helpful. And so are there systems that you, that you start to put in place or, or things that help them, you know, keep the wheels on the bus, so to speak? I mean, lots of systems. I think one of the first, like one of the most important things is, is to map everything out. So if you actually, you know, take a pen and paper and write down, first you have to define your ICP, your ideal client profile, because each kind of client, each persona that you go after even if you go after three or four, each one of them is going to have a different pain point, even though you solve the same problem. So you first get a, your ideal client profile. You map out, okay, what are different pains that they have? There's going to be three different pains that if you categorize all the pains, they all fall into three different categories. And that's financial, emotional, and a business need. And so like a business need is the one that's like, well, a business, a bank has to have credit card processing. That's something that they have to have in order to do business. So it's the same thing here. You look in if they have any business needs. So you first write down all of those pains that the client has with, as far as your product goes in those categories. <clears throat> then you could take it and you map it out even deeper. And so what you want to look at is you kind of build a quadrant. It's, it's hard to explain, you know, in, in, uh, with audio when I do everything by uh, visual. But if you take a quadrant and you put on the left side, you put pain. And you put on the right side, you put pleasure. And you draw an arrow from left to right. Because, and that's because everybody, most people in the world anyways, they like to move away from pain and towards pleasure. 
So that's the first axis. The other axis would be up and down. So that you have pain in the now, which is on the top. So now is on the top and future is on the bottom. And so now you have your quadrant, you have your four corners. And so there's, if you look at pain in the now, that's something that they're frustrated with. So you will write down, you take that pain point that you wrote down previously, and you put down all the frustrations that they have in regards to this pain point. So that means, you know, like I said before, we look stupid in front of our employees, uh, in front of our employers, if we don't get things done on time, or I get stressed and it causes fights at home with my, with my spouse. These are all real emotional pains. Now, if you go down to the bottom side of the quadrant in the bottom left corner where there's pain in the future, that's something that you're scared of. So that's something that's more future-based, but that's always on your head because you're scared of something happening because of this problem that you're having. And so you take the same thing, you write down what things that they'd be scared of. And then the, the right side of the quadrant, the pleasure is exactly the opposite. So instead of something that you're, uh, is a frustration, it's something that you want. And instead of something that you're scared of, it's something that you dream of. So if I'm frustrated with, going back to the example of frustrated with looking, looking dumb in front of my peers, well, my, my dream, or not my dream, my, uh, my want is to be acknowledged by my peers for my good work. And my dream is to be employee of the month or whatever. So that's what you want to do. And that's, that's how I work with the clients at, my, at the beginning to build a foundation is we start to really map this out and really get down and dirty into this. And this exercise could take a week or two because you want to include everybody from your company. And the more points of view you get on this, the more perspectives, the better, because then it's really diving deep and helping you with that empathy. And then you have it all mapped out. And now you can really see what your prospect is going through and how you could help them. And you said this process can take up to a, a, a week, right? Or, or greater. And the more perspectives you have, the, the better. Once you've, once you've done this, how do you help them make it actionable, right? Put it, put it, in, put it in a way that's going to help them guide the company or, or better connect with what it is that's driving their, their target market. Sure. So, so first of all, it, it takes up to a week, week or two for your first iteration of this. Uh, this is never an ending work. This is always going to be something <laughs> you're working on. For your client's pains change, you learn more as you go. So as far as the next steps is what do you do with this information? Well, this is, as I said, the foundation of everything. This is going to be the foundation of your product. This is going to be the foundation of your marketing and the foundation of your sales. So it's, it's extremely important to have that's why you bring everybody, even your tech team involved in this. But typically, the next steps is, okay, now we have this. How do we use this? So first, are, are we going outbound or inbound? What kind of messaging do we have? So we use this to create our messaging so that we actually speak to our clients. Because nobody likes to get that email or the LinkedIn message. Hey, look at us. These are what features we have, A, B, and C, and D. And we're really cool. We're top of class and yada, yada, yada. And hey, let's, here's my calendar link. Let's jump on a one-hour demo. <laughs> Nobody likes that. <laughs> <laughs> but if you get a personal message with something that you know, speaks about, hey, are you tired of feeling you know, dumb at work because this, doing, creating this report takes an extra two hours of your day? 
like then it's like, wow, that's so specific. And the people will find themselves in that messaging. Your prospects will find themselves and they'll understand and they'll, they'll connect with it. Now they're going to want to talk to you. And you, well, I mean, we don't want to get into messaging here. That's a whole another thing. But you don't try to sell in the messaging. The only try, thing you're trying to do is engage the prospect. Don't try to sell them. Just get them to hit the replies. So that's what it does is you take this, what you learn, and put it into your messaging. And so can you, uh, just to bring it to life a little bit more, can you illustrate an example with a client where you walked through, maybe somebody you can share kind of how that process unfolded and, and what impacts it had? Yeah, I mean, there, there's there's so many impacts because, I mean, we only talked about the, the messaging aspect, but as far as the messaging, I, I worked with one one of my clients and within two weeks, he closed a 100K deal and he had 400K in the pipeline after we did this exercise and we changed our messaging. So there, there's some really good results on on how quickly this stuff works when you actually apply it and you do it right. That's impressive. That's impressive. All right. And so how about one where, you know, maybe a situation where you can describe where a client wasn't doing this and kind of the struggles they were having. I hate to say an example of where it didn't go well, <laughs> but, <laughs> but like when you're working with a client and then they're struggling like this, like how do you normally, you know, what's, what are they doing when you normally first get engaged that you have to help them kind of get through? Well, I mean, sometimes people are scared of change. They've been doing things so, so, so often or their, their perspective, they, they make assumptions of the prospects. And so they're like, no, the prospect isn't going to want to talk about this or they don't feel like they, they're worthy to speak, about, to speak with the prospect about this stuff. So they don't, they'll skip like the qualification stage. This happens a lot of startups, and I'm, as I'm sure you're aware. You know, you, people get to the first meeting with a prospect and they automatically just go into, hey, look at our product. Look how cool it is. Here's our features. Instead of going back, <laughs> you laugh. It's true. It is true, but, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. And even, even after I go through this exercise with them, a lot of my clients at the beginning, they go back to those ways. And we record our videos so we could actually see it afterwards. But they'll go back to that because that's their comfort zone because that's what they realize. But after they see it themselves, so everybody should record their calls if you can. And typically they're on Zoom meetings so you could see video. But after you come back and you actually watch that video and you see like, okay, you started strong with like talking about pain and you could see the reaction, but then you went back to your old ways. And now you could see how ridiculous you look and how they're starting to play with their phone and everything. Now you could actually see it. And then that way it hits home a lot more. It's a confidence issue. Oh, I love it. I love it. All right. So let's change direction here a little bit. We ask all of our guests kind of two standard questions towards the end of each interview. First is simply as a founder, as someone who has created a business that makes you a prospect for other people out there that want to get in front of you and, and, you know, sell you something or, or hopefully solve some of your problems. I'm always curious to learn when somebody doesn't have a referral in that they don't have a trusted way in, like, you know, I know this person. And so, all right, I'll give this other person some time when they don't have that. What works best for you for somebody who's trying to capture your attention, build credibility, and, and earn some time on your calendar? Well, first of all, having a good, yeah, I wouldn't call it a pitch, but having a good pitch. Having that good initial contact where it's, it's short, it's to the point, it's about me, not about them and their company. That's always helpful. But I, I have a really good example of something that happened today. Now, I'm 
some people are going to hate this, but I do do, I do use LinkedIn automation. Now I, I'm getting tremendous good results from it because I don't do those uh, horrible pitches, but I use automation and I sent a message out to somebody and have you ever, Chad, have you ever had somebody like sell you when you were trying to sell them? Uh, it's happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so this is what happened with this guy is I sent him, well, my, my tool, my bot sent him a message. Now he did something. He put a period in the front uh, at the beginning of his name. So the automation software will always like pick it up and, and call him by period name. So that comes through in the messaging. And so his response is, oh yeah, I put a period at the beginning of my name so that, uh, so I could catch the, uh, the basic bots and what he is selling is actually a bot himself that <laughs> doesn't do that. So, so that was actually, I would really started to engage with him and started looking at his product just because of that. It's like, wow, that really caught me off guard. You really like, you, you made me think and you, you, you broke my pattern. You know, my pattern is no, I'm not interested. Thank you. Yada, yada, yada. Or, wow, that sounds great. Let's, let's have a call. It's those kind of things are, are the normal, you know, getting seven, eight leads a week from there. You, you see all these patterns, but that really interrupted my day to day. And it was like, wow, that was good. <laughs> nice. I like that. And it's great when somebody's on their game enough that they can, they can do that, right? They can understand what it is, you know, who's reaching out to them and how do I convert that? So last question, we call it our acceleration insight. If there was one thing you could tell sales, marketing, or consultants, one piece of advice you could give them that you believe would help them hit their targets, if not exceed them, what would it be and why? Become an active listener and not the, not the pod, the, not the, pod, the uh, blog post uh, title, active listener, really become an active listener. Take your pen and paper, put that to the side. Take your checklist of questions you want to ask the prospect, put that aside or your agenda. Go with an open mind and just talk to the person. I love it. I love it. Listen, listen and hear what they're saying. And it's hard, especially with all of the, uh, the digital inputs that we all have today. It's difficult. Uh, it can be very difficult to do that. So Adam, if a listener is interested in talking more about the topics we've touched on today or learning more about what you're doing, where would you like us to send them? Straight to the bank. <laughs> <laughs> but besides that, um, no, I'm, I'm happy to reach out to and speak to anybody that's listening and needs help. You know, I have office hours as well, but you could go to my website, startupsales.io and reach out to me through there or LinkedIn is the best way as well. Excellent. I, Adam, I can't thank you enough for taking time. It's been great having you on the show today. Thank you, Chad. Me too. All right, everybody that does it for this episode, check us out at b2brevexec.com. Share it with friends, family, coworkers. You know the drill. Until next time, we have Value Selling Associates wish you all nothing but the greatest success. You've been listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.